Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Father Knows Something. And uh, we have Holly. We did do some uh, little takes on Holly. I don't know if they're going to make the show or where they're going to go, but as she was preparing herself for the event. But um, anything you want to comment on before we get going? Um, not too much. I mean, you have a trip coming up to Australia, so we're kind of like mass recording these episodes right now over this weekend. I just got back from Paris. I'm a little congested. Justin's at the top of his game, so no issues there. But uh, we have some really good stories. I am looking forward to them. Some great write-ins. Uh, I also want to comment that um, somebody was really wise and taught me something as I was reading some of the comments yesterday. And it was all about the drive for the subscribe button. Oh. And what they said is that you know a lot of people watch this or, or listen to it on podcast or Spotify, and they don't see the visual and... And I don't really see anything from the podcast comments or portion. I only read the YouTube stuff is what, what you gave me access to. And so that's what I read. So I think what you're trying to explain is that there is a difference. So if you're watching with us on YouTube, hit the subscribe. But if you're an audio listener, no matter what audio platform you're on, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, whatever that looks like, there's usually a follow button instead of a subscribe. So hit the follow button on your audio. Um, so hit the follow button on your audio platform because then you'll get updates if there's a new episode that drops or if we post a poll or things like that. And that's going to be handy because the more you do that, I can, we can start doing using those tools to do more fun things. Yeah. So uh, there's no cost to do it. It's simply, it, it it helps us. It gives us an idea of who's watching and we're able to tailor this more for for you and the viewers and do, do smarter things. So, Absolutely. So thanks. So on that note, I'm going to let you kick it off by yes. seeing what you, got, what you got in store for us. So this week's episode is going to be titled rock in a hard place, like father knows hard places kind of vibes. Mm -hmm. So it's just these listeners that are writing in with problems that are kind of like, I am stuck in this like not great situation. It feels like I'm between a rock and a hard place. No matter what option I pick, I'm kind of screwed. So there, there's some tough problems. Or wherever you are, whatever, whatever the one choice might change your life one way and the other choice will lead you down a different path. So it's almost like looking at a tree and you say, am I going to go down this tree branch or am I going to go down this tree branch? Mm -hmm. So let's see, let's see what, what, let's see where we're going. Let's and whichever you decide will drastically change the will. course of your life forever. You know, okay, it, let's not freak them out. <laughs> I mean, every decision you make, is it, is it, you shouldn't spend too much thought on, but any, even the smallest decision can completely change the rest of your life. Well, right. that's like the butterfly effect argument. Or um, if you think about these people that have missed natural disasters or terrorist attacks or bridge collapses, like my, um, my uncle Chuck drove over that's the right. Minneapolis, Minneapolis, like, I-35 bridge over the Mississippi, he drove over it like 15 minutes before it collapsed. Yeah, that's crazy. If he would have hit more lights, if we would have got stuck in more traffic, if we would have left a little later, he would have been on the bridge as it collapsed. And, like, that, and that would have been it for Uncle Chuck. Let's get into these stories. Let's do it. Okay, so up first for our rock and a hard place theme. My brother stole a hundred K from my company and I don't know what to do. My brother, 33 male, came to work for my 32 female company at the beginning of 2020. He had just quit his corporate job because he was burnt out and asked to be a salesman for my company. My company is located in Dallas, Texas, and he lives four hours away, still in Texas. So we decided to open a branch of our company at his location, and he could sell our services down there. 
Our agreement was to split the profit 50-50 as my husband would drive to his location multiple times each year to train him and monitor the services. We did this without any hiccups for two years, 2020 and 2021, and we both made good money. Now jump to December 2021. My brother told us that he wanted to become a partner and profit off both locations. We told him we would not share our main location, but we were open to talking about partnering for his location. We then agreed to table the conversation until after the holidays. Come January, his wife was pregnant and had a difficult pregnancy, which led her to deliver early. My brother was going through a lot, taking care of his wife, newborn, and learning how to be a dad. So we gave him time to figure out his new life. A few months passed and he never mentioned business or partnering, so I just left it alone, as I know his life was a little hectic. Then in May 2022, I was having issues with our emails and had to log into everyone's emails to make sure every email account on my server was working. That's where I found that my brother had been selling jobs under my company's name all of 2022. He sold and warranted $120,000 worth of work. I was livid. I confronted him and he acted like it wasn't a big deal and he was, quote, going to bring it up but couldn't find the time. Note, we text weekly. He doesn't think he owes us any money because he, quote, did all of the work but I disagree. Everything he did was under our company. I told him the only way to possibly allow me to get over his betrayal was to, at the very least, pay us our portion, roughly 30K. As of now, he has paid nothing, and this incident has destroyed our family. My family wants me to just leave it alone to keep the peace, but I can't. I have contacted a lawyer who says legally all of the profit is mine, and I have a strong case if I want to pursue a lawsuit. But if I sue my brother, I know it will put a huge rift in our family. I don't know what to do. I don't think my relationship with my brother will ever be fixed. I can't fully forgive him for his actions, but I could at least recoup the money he stole from me. But it will possibly split my family apart. I've talked to my family about it, but their opinions are biased. I'd like some fatherly advice on what I should do. Thank you. Wow. Now, I it took everything that I had to shut up as you were reading this. <laughs> not interrupt me? Uh, it, it took a lot of discipline. Is this one triggering for you? No, no, not at all. Okay. No, no. This isn't triggering. What's triggering me is that there is, there's criminal act here. There's fraud. First of all, he went and sold jobs under the company name. Who? Where did the check go to? Mm-hmm. Was the check going into the company? And how did he get it out of the company? So this is one thing that's bugging me. He knowingly sells the job under the company invoice. They write a, a check to him. Where do the, there's questions I don't get. I'm sure because he opened his own base in that area, he's usually handing sums, handling sums of money. He probably has a company bank account with his name on it. So he has that freedom. He's got I think some, our writer here probably trusted their brother and wasn't monitoring this there, bank account like there, crazy. There is fraud going. This is pure fraud. This Absolutely. Is, this is everything with the intent to, you know, fraud is doing something with the intent of doing something wrong. That's, that's not ethical. You know, this falls, this is purely intent. So she, he's done a criminal act. My answer is, if you want to keep you want to keep the family peace, you literally fire him. Forget the money. That's the best deal. The best deal you can give him is, I'm not going to worry about the money, but you're out of here. I can't trust you. You, he can't be trusted. He has po- totally said by his action, I'm going to steal from you. Yeah, you know what I think the best solution would be. I'd love to hear your idea. Obviously, she has a case, and. You're stuck in this place of, do I do what's right and get my money back? Or, you know, with that action, I tear apart my family. I think you can have the best of everything. You'd only get about 30K. The best case scenario you could do here is have a lawyer draft a non-compete. So your brother cannot start his own company Mm -hmm. in that area for X number of years. And you'll say, hey, you know what? You fucked me over. You stole from me. As long as you sign this non-compete that you can't work in this same industry and sell the same product we've been selling in this area of what 500 miles radius, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'll forget about what you did and stole. Right. You won't go to jail. You won't do jail, t- jail time. You don't have to pay me back, but you're not going to steal my business. Well, and, and I got one more for you. They said 
we want to be, we're going to give them a partnership in that location. You had a partnership in that location. You already given them 50% of 50, the price. 50-50. So what, I mean, what's a partnership in, in anybody else's mind? He wants a stake in all of the company. We know what he wants. But he's not he's not adding to that other area. Right, so it was you're, crazy you're, from the you're, get. You're right. But you're 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 getting away from what I what I where I was going. They were discussing a partnership just on that one thing. They had the partnership. He got 50% of whatever that deal did. It was done. He cannot be trusted. He tripped on he tripped on his D, and she can either go file a, a claim of fraud against him and theft. And go after him criminally, well, that would be on his record. Or he can, she can say, keep what you got and sign this, your non-compete, mm-hmm. and you go on your merry life. You want to go to a different town and start a different business and a different thing. But this this town was mine. I got you, you, you worked it. But you were compensated for that. And now you took more compensation for this. So this is it. You're going to jail. Or, you know, for or something, you're going to have to go deal with this battle or take the money, go somewhere else, start a new business and good luck to you. You may have learned this business and I, but you're out of here. Well, that's the other aspect of it. It's like, oh, if he tries to argue, I did all this work, you know, I, I made you so much money, but it's like, these are skills you wouldn't have had without us. My husband drove down and taught you how to do all you got, of you this. Got paid. You got paid for it. You got paid 50% of the profits. It's big. You know, it's it's really big. We own the business. You got paid for it. You were compensated. You have no argument. Yeah. I'm done with this. So my answer is do whatever you need to do to get your leverage in place. Go to him and present to him the real hard fact. You stole from me. I can't trust you. Go, good luck in wherever town you go to go start your own business under your own name, under your own thing, and go good luck to you. And and I just don't want, I, I have to cut my exposure to you because you are dangerous to me. Yeah. I find it very interesting that within families, there are certain members of those families that are ultra protected by everybody. And I think it's really annoying because now everyone's saying to her, you're going to tear our family apart. That is very true. Is it really me? They're they're manipulating. And the reality is she's not doing it. He did it. Right. Absolutely. He's the one that put himself in this position and he's having everyone try to fight his battle. Fuck that. I would go to court. I'd get the money back. I'd fire him because it's not on you. That's right. It's on him. It absolutely is on him. The family's not being torn apart by you. This is not your decision. And I hate how if everyone else in the family is looking at you and saying, if you do this, what did you do? I think it's so stupid how certain members and families are so heavily protected no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. And then all the blame goes to other people. It's interesting you bring that up because in additional info... They go, my brother was the golden child. He was a rule follower, good grades, good with money, and literally did life by the book. A lot of people, especially family, can't believe that he did this and think I'm exaggerating. Did life by the book until now. Integrity. This is all about integrity. Release the receipts. Send a family email documenting. Here's the jobs he did. Here is all of what he stole. I mean, maybe give him the chance to pay. Or then say, she has, he's not doing it. Well then go to court. It's time. But I think there's more, if you look at the long game, like let's play the long game here. She's going to get 30 K in court, or she could have him sign a non-compete, take over that area with someone she can trust. He's going to go to jail. He's going to go to jail. Otherwise it's either jail time. It's well, here's his options, jail time and paying me back because fraud. I, because fraud or I'll let you off the hook by signing a non-compete. Do you really want to leave your wife and newborn baby at home alone while you're in prison? I don't think so, sweetie. Sign the thing the, the le- and then you get the long game of that area for X number of years and you make even more money than the 30K you would have got. And by the way, the 30K to me is nothing because let me tell you what it costs to go file to file file a suit. And not only does she have to file the suit, he has to file the suit now to go defend himself. The best deal for this guy is we're going to wash the money. I'm going to sign the non-compete for this area and I'm going to go do something somewhere else. Yeah, And he's being let off. This is like getting pulled over for a speeding ticket and being let off with a warning. This is the best thing for him. It really is. And the fact- I'm not worried about him. And the (laughs) fact- 
the fact that it's he the best ta- thing for her too. Right. And that's the what best, matters. It's the best thing for our writer. And by the way, the fact that he takes this deal, it eliminates everybody else. And he puts in that agreement that he can't bring this up to anybody else. This is a sealed agreement. Yeah. We're done. So the answer is, is this, this is the play. This is not a rock and a hard place to me. This is, this is the only answer. And go on and let that let this take him down a different road. Yes, it will affect his life. He made that choice yes. the moment he took money with the idea and the intent not, not to surrender it to the business. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. He says, I was going to bring it up, but couldn't find the time. No, you just wanted the money. And he warranted these jobs under the company. So if anything did go wrong with them, he did shitty work because it was under the table. He was trying to get them done fast. Then she's out that money as well. She didn't make any profits. And now to maintain the image of her company, she's out that money that it's going to cost to warranty those items. I, I, I will say one thing. We don't know the mechanics, how he did this. So take that, take that, you know, into consideration. We're giving our advice, thinking more of the, imagine how he did do it. We don't know really the mechanics that he pulled this off, but neither, yeah. I will say, it's not, nothing here was done with integrity, period. No. Okay. Well, I, I guess we we tore this one apart. <laughs> <laughs> I know, this one got us a little heated. Okay, moving along. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready there, buddy? Yes. I'm ready. Story number two. My female 30 and my boyfriend, male 32, have been together for over two years and live together. However, our living situation isn't ideal. We live with his dad and sister, and we all chip in for rent. It's the only way boyfriend and I can afford a place to live right now. Him and I both work part-time and receive disability payments from the government. Other than that, we're happy and working hard to get money to put aside for our eventual move out of the home, maybe even town. That's the context. Here's the problem. My dad, who also lives in the same town, went through a midlife crisis about 15 years ago and bought an 88 Benz he was determined to rebuild and have road ready for himself, but eventually for me. Him and I made a deal years ago that I would inherit the Benz. Circumstances have changed, life has gotten in the way, and the Benz never really got fixed. Instead, he compiled all of the manuals, parts, bolts, some tools, and personal notes for how the car was supposed to be done. Then, last year, out of the blue, he texted me to ask if I wanted to take the Benz. At first, it was supposed to be temporary while he was in the middle of moving. We had enough room to store it for a while, but I was up front with him that it's only temporary and that he would have to help with the cost of towing. My boyfriend is also a mechanic and was confident at first that maybe he could get the car running enough for us to move it somewhere more secure or even just hand it back to my dad. There was clear communication between all parties, and shit still hit the fan. How? I'm ready for the shitstorm. Turns out the car is way more far gone than anticipated. Fuel lines need to be redone, and other engine problems need addressing that are out of my boyfriend's ability, and come with a $20,000 repair bill. Now we're stuck in the middle of a rock and a hard place, and my dad has now shifted the entire car onto us. He's guilt-tripped me, he's gaslit me, and he's just exasperated the entire situation. Not only between him and I, but the relationship between me and my in-laws. My ideal outcome would be to just sell the car, either for scrap slash parts, or to someone who will be able to rebuild it and give it the TLC it needs. I just want it gone. Additional info, as mentioned before, boyfriend and I are low-income, Meanwhile, my dad makes close to 90k a year and has plenty of resources to pull from to make this car go away. He also won't even let me sell it as is, even though the car is registered under my name. Also, any sentimental value the car once had has completely vanished. You know, I can relate to this. We sure can. Um, The answer really is simple. You're disconnected from the car. Would that be correct? She's done? I would say. Okay, there, there's no money in the car. Let's just say the car is whatever. If if it's a dollar, if it's five thousand, if it's three thousand dollars, there's and it's not three thousand dollars. It might be a thousand dollars. There's no money in this thing. Yeah. So the 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 likeful thing is, Dad, the the I 
I'm having the car, I'm donating the car to the church. They're going to go sell it at auction. If you want it, come get it. But I, I'm out of it. I'm done. It, it, it's just not working out for us. And as much as it would be a lovely project and the intention was great, it's over with. So come get it. You have about a week and it's your car. If that's it, it's that simple. If, you, if, if you're done, call the wrecker, have them come get the car and say, we're scrapping it. It's in your name. You can sign, give them the title. You're done. Yeah. yeah. There's really easy resources for that too. Oh. You just fill out a form online. They tell you how much they'll give you. The truck shows up. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. That's it. It's all done. Easy solution. We have a car parked in front of your house. <laughs> My Audi that's now going to go away. We, I sold it on eBay. The guy never came and got it. I've, I, 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 but what did you just say to me the other night? I, I said, I'm going to keep the car. <laughs> I want to fix it. And you went ballistic on me. It, Where are you going to put it? That, question one, that. But also, too, you get to a point with these old cars that even though you're attached and you find the beauty in it, the car costs 20 k to fix. Or do you say, hey, I'm going to find another 2001 Audi TT that actually runs and is only 5 k Well, huh. I was actually thinking of pulling the motor and, and making an electric car, but... With what time and money? <laughs> What time and money? Again, I live in fantasy world. You do. Just, Just like this guy. So by the way. Just like this wait, guy. Wait, wait, By the way, if any of you, any of my kids out there, how many kids do I have now, roughly? Uh, 27K on YouTube Four. and a lot of audio listeners. So any of my children out there want to take a car and we want to electrify it. I have my Audi TT, which would be a fun project. You can have it for free. So It's located in Los Angeles, California. You will need a truck and trailer, but it is yours completely free. <laughs> Chime on in. Let's see you in the comments. <laughs> yeah. I really loved it. It was great. This is and then, hard, wait, wait, And then you can say, I have dad's car. Yeah, you could. But you have to show us what you do with it. Yes. That's a good stipulation. Okay. So we're willing to, so you're telling me right now, right on the spot, that dad's going to sign the title away to somebody who really wants the car, but there is, there, it doesn't come with the, it does not come with the piss on it rule. The piss on it rule <laughs> is you, you, you really got to go through the Oh, project. we explained it and like you got, two and, episodes ago. And you got to electrify the car. The car is going to be an electric car. Oh man. So if any of you want to do it. I think you're asking for a lot with a piece of junk over there. Anyone wants to do it. Right in. And it's kind of like those videos where you are sitting there and you have a little thought bubble pop up and it goes to this dream sequence in a show and you're just like yeah. watching someone drive around in this really, they did everything perfectly, exactly how you wanted. Mm -hmm. Driving around electric, they just plug it in when they get home. Everything's been redone and perfect. Meanwhile, the other side of it is just getting crushed by that car <laughs> crusher at the dump. Yeah. And you're sitting here just thinking, gosh, well, that this, car is going to be so good for someone. And then this, just let's look at it this way. The car is between the rock and the hard place. So is this one. So back to this right in. Yep. I think what I would do is get the title, fill it out like you're signing it over. And mm -hmm. you say, here, dad, I have filled this out. It is getting transferred back to your name. You have 30 days to file it. If it's not filed and the ownership does not change and you do not get it out of my garage, I will be selling it. I think it's great. I think that's really the greatest deal. And by the way- I don't have the the means. I don't have the time. It has been more than we can chew mm -hmm. and we got to be done. Yeah. Otherwise you take it. I'm with you. And you can make this dream of yours still happen. I'm with you. It's tough though. I mean, it's- it's to the point where if her dad doesn't take that deal and transfer it back or take possession of it again, you could be burning a bridge with your dad over this. And that's that's a sad that's a sad reality to be faced with. But he's yeah. also not stepping up and doing anything about it. No, so it just is what it is. It is what it is. Especially given his income level compared to theirs. We have we've had this conversation today regarding daughters and dads. It started with Julie a friend of mine who's, yeah. got, who's got some issues just with their, her aging dad. And I think the guy's got every marble plus more that you ever imagined, but he's a stubborn guy. And I said, here's your choices. This is what I say, but don't put yourself there to do it. it let the natural uh, things of the real universe take control of this thing. And my answer to you is the same on this. It, 
he doesn't want to do it, you don't own this problem anymore. Yeah, it, the car it, wasn't it, supposed it, to be handed down in this condition. There the, you go. the eventual promise was to hand it down once it's all load ready. I, look, yeah. I've done all this stuff. I, I, I have had cars in, in our life that I wanted to do. When she was like five years old, I bought this, you know, the Jensen Healy. Mm-hmm. And I said, we'll do it together. We'll mean something to her all her life. And she was nine. She drove the car through, you know, in the 10 acre field, drove it around. And she's, when she turned 16, she goes, I don't want this thing. We never did it. I don't want it. Like it. And we made it go away. She woke up about yeah. a month and a half ago crying. I want the car back. <laughs> I want to do our own Mercedes that we have. It was your dad's car. That's the one that would like really mean a lot. Cause that's the first car I learned how to drive in. Well, um, so we have our own Mercedes. We, we relate a little heavy to this one. <laughs> this one definitely hit home. But if, again, we're going to, we're, we're getting off our car. We, it's the, Think about the Audi. If you want to electrify it, dad has a car for you. Make <laughs> oh comments, ch- chime on in, and uh, all of us will, will will play with this a little bit online, see who's going to do yeah. it. Yeah, and there might be a listener for this car too that wants to redo an 88 Benz. And I did look on eBay just to see about what you'd get for it. A project it. car? For a project car. There's a 1987 Mercedes 420 SLE rear wheel drive automatic transition with 127K miles on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, $1,200 on eBay right yeah. now. What did I say? About a thousand bucks. So I got, the, I got the Maserati sitting in Superior, you Wisconsin. guys, we have so many cars. If anyone needs a project, <laughs> we will give you one. We'll give you the car. Um, but I think, I think you do what we said. You sign over the title. You say, here, dad, you yep. have 30 days to get it. If you do not, then I'm going to post it. Whether that's offer up Craigslist, eBay. Scrap. But, you know, I would rather see things. There are people that would take this and actually do it. They would. Give him, give him the chance. Post you, it on those places first. You know your balloon that you were talking about? You know that you see the crushed car, the square? Yeah. Get it crushed and say, here, Dad. Well, that's just me. Here's a coffee table. <laughs> that's just painful. That's- well, he's got the car still. <laughs> but that, like, I just also hate seeing things get wasted. Like, there is still a place for this car in the world potentially with the right person with the right person i think even if you gave it away for free or 500 bucks just to make your you feel better but i think there could be someone out there there's an audi 2003 beautiful tt and it's parked in front of justin's house and we'd love it someone to take it and electrify it since morgan won't let me do it so yeah there you go Okay, Justin's going to read the next two, and then I think I will finish it off. Number three. Number three. Hi, beautiful people and Holly. I love the whole FKS and THT gang and can't express how much you guys do with this platform. I'm coming to you with a problem that's always been prevalent in my relationship. My 24 male boyfriend and I, 22 female, have been dating for almost three and a half years. For this story, I will call my boyfriend A. A and I both struggle with mental health, but A has some really bad depression and ADHD. It breaks my heart to see him suffering, but I am at a loss on what I should do. For one, he has always struggled to keep a job because he does not find anything he does to be fulfilling. I want to empathize with him, but I am scared that he will be working odd jobs instead of getting a career. I got lucky I am working my dream job after graduating college early. I have a salary job, and I can't help but feel he may resent me for it. A will tell me that he wants to pursue something, then a few months later he will quit. If he doesn't quit once his mind is made up, he does not cut ties with an employer on good terms. I'm worried about him. He is constantly stressed about money and feels that the future is not something to look forward to. I've given him some money. For Jerry's sake, I gave it as a gift, not expecting to be paid back. And sometimes it strains my ability to save up. I try my hardest to help around the house, clean our room and bathroom, do the dishes, laundry, buy groceries, and let him borrow my car. I even took us on a week-long trip because he has never been to one of my favorite places. Keep in mind, I like doing these things. I stress clean so it helps relieve my anxiety, and I love giving gifts, whether small or large, as tokens of appreciation. I say all this to say that I feel like no matter what I do, I'm never doing enough. I know that depression is a very serious thing, and I hope it comes across as I am trying my best to help him. 
I listen, I try to comfort and say things to cheer him up, but I can't help that it gets to me when he talks morbidly about the future with kids, housing, and experiences in general. I can remind myself of how serious depression is all day long, but I'm taking it personally. I just don't know how to help, if I need to protect myself or overall, just how to make sure I'm keeping myself and my mental health in a good place. I'm open to any suggestions and any advice is good advice. If you made it this far, I really appreciate you all. And again, I love the show. Thank you for being here for all of us. You all deserve the best. Good writing. Um, I'm going to let you actually answer this one first. Why me? <laughs> because you have a, an interesting side of mental uh, <laughs> capacity, relationships. And I want to hear your your thoughts first, and then I'll chime in. This is a tough one. It honestly could have been in one of our themes that we're recording after this, which is um, it's like intervention or time to walk away. Um, and it kind of it kind of fits in that. But it's challenging. I mean, Depression and anxiety are wicked battles. And then you add in being neurodivergent with ADHD and things like that. And it's, it really compounds one thing after another. But I think he just really needs to take time to focus on himself and figure out what he's passionate about in life. You know, with ADHD, we can jump around a lot and quit jobs and be very, you know, spontaneous and things like that or have a hard time staying in one place or doing one thing like it's really interesting because when I think about doing OT like back before the podcast OT was like very much so like after going to grad school I was locked in and when I think about that now I'm like that is so unlike me because if you look at my job history I was a server I was a nanny I was a flight attendant I worked at Lululemon I did this I did that and a part of that was because I wasn't happy at any of them. And I kept jumping to the next one to determine, is this going to make me happy? Is this going to be the job I actually love? So it takes trial and error. And I think one thing that's interesting about... But that's healthy. That's healthy. I that's think healthy. it's totally healthy. It's healthy. That's I correct. look at this and I think the only unhealthy thing is, is when he ends things not on good terms with an employer. But I think one thing about our generation is we are the generation of job hoppers. The boomer generation and that the um, silent generation or whatever. I don't even know all the names. But your generation was very much so in a place where you had a career and you went and maybe you had two jobs your whole life. But you're a little different. You're unusual. But the average person in your generation, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of hopping, which then you have you know, people now that are, God, these millennials ain't loyal. They job hop to more money. They don't stay at a company. They're not loyal to the company. So you hear that. I think it just goes to show like we are just different. We were raised with technology. Our brains are different. We might need more of a threshold to keep us engaged, which might mean hopping to jobs. It sounds like he's just really lost right now and needs a reset to find himself, that is hard as you're still trying to maintain some sense of financial independence and not rely on people and you have to eat and have a roof over your head. But I think he really needs to do some soul searching and that might help with his depression and anxiety and things like that. Is this her problem? It's not necessarily her problem, but this is her partner. Can she support him? Can she encourage him to try something? Hey, you've always wanted to go work on a yacht. Why don't you apply to be a, a, a sailor, whatever, and go work on a yacht for two weeks in the whatever. Like there's so many random jobs that might interest him. So mm -hmm. I think it would really take like, let's narrow down what you're interested in and let's go from there. So I, I see it the, in, in this dimension. Let's hear it. She's in a relation, and, and and she's the one that's coming to me as her, her child. Meaning, she's saying, "Dad, can you? What what are your thoughts?" Mm. Okay, so now you you heard from your sister. So you're her child. No, no, I no, yeah, you she, said it weird. I, I said, well, that's great. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get she she's coming to me as she is my child, and so you just heard from your sister. Okay, now here's here's dad. Dad wants to know what 
do you get out of this relationship? I want you to reflect on that. What is the importance of this person and the health of you long-term in this relationship? What What's really coming here? And if it's not healthy for you and it's bringing you down and it's causing you concern, is this the person that you want to have children with? They're not married yet. No. They're just dating. They're together. They're a couple. And I understand that sometimes you love the person you're with and you don't want to abandon them because like this guy says, when it doesn't work out, he gets dark. And you're worried about him. And there's issues going on. You got to be in the relationship for the right reason. Number one. So I want, rather than me telling you what to do, I want you to process that one first. What, why am I in this relationship? Is it healthy for him, me being, I, she hasn't fixed him. He, he's still broken. And it's not up to her to fix him. He's not the one that wrote in and said, guys, I have a problem. What do I do? She's the one that wrote in that says, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So my answer to you really is, is that you first need to establish what is the importance? What am I, why am I in this relationship? How is it balanced? How are we growing together? And if we're not growing together, you need to make the decision. Is this the person you want to go through your life with? Cause it's a long life. Yeah. And, or did I say, you know something, I really do care about you and I do love you, but this isn't healthy for our long-term commitment. And we are not the right match for one another. And we need to go, change our relationship, meaning I'm, I can be in your life, but I'm not in the life as your partner. Well, in the same breath of like what I should have said too is he's lost and he might need to go find himself right now, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it necessarily needs to involve you. It might be best if you break up. Mm-hmm. Like if this isn't a healthy relationship, he's not, no matter what you do, no matter how generous you are, no matter any circumstances that you can change. Mm-hmm. He's not changing. He's not becoming healthier. He's not getting better. He may need to go get some assistance just by himself yeah, and get healthy for himself. And then that way you guys can be healthy as a couple. So let me the, give you some more info. Okay. Okay. Ideal oh, outcome. I you, want to, you were holding back. You were on holding, us? Yeah. I was going to say he's holding back. Well, you guys just go back and forth. It's hard to pop in. <laughs> Do you feel left out over here? No, it's just, it's kind of like when you talk to your friends, it's hard to like get a word in because <laughs> you're both waiting for each other to finish your Morgan. sentence and then you instantly start talking. Morgan, yeah. Can we both be quiet and let, and let Mr. Justin yes. give us all the update? I know. Yeah. Ideal outcome. I want to stay together. I just need help figuring out where to go slash what to do from here. I don't want to have hard feelings. Anything else? We broke up for a period of time because I felt that he was taking out his anger and self-loathing on me. He got help for a bit, but then fell back down. One of his close family members has cancer and this played a large role in his mindset. And so where my head's at with this is change needs to come from within. Mm -hmm. You're not going to inspire someone to start eating better. You're not going to inspire someone to work out more. You're not going to inspire someone to go get help. You're not going to inspire all this change that you can clearly see that they would benefit from. Mm -hmm. It has to come from within them. That's right. And the other thing with looking forward in this relationship, whether it's long-term partnership, marriage, whatever, you have to be ready to commit to what's in front of you right now. Because you can hope for change, but it doesn't mean change is coming. So this could be the rest of your life. What you see is what you get. Yeah, That's a it, really good point. Well, and then maybe once you, sure. The, I mean, obviously once you get married, change can happen. He can refine a passion. Mm-hmm. It can reignite everything. Or in some of those other instances, someone could start taking better care of themselves and that can definitely change. It happens, but you have to be ready to commit to that not happening potentially. That is like so important to remember because I think a lot of times in relationships, we imagine, oh, the potential. If he just paid a little bit more attention to me, if he just, you know, put in a little bit more effort and bought me flowers. No, what you see is what you get. And I think that's a really, really important thing to remember. And if and if what you see is what you get, would you still want to be there in 10 years? Exactly. Yeah. And that that's the thought process that you need to really think about. Wow. Yeah. Because I don't know how much influence you're going to have. And I think the more influence you try to have. He's going to pull the opposite way. Yes. It's going to, it's not going to, it's not your position to take. Yeah. I want you to imagine a second. You are a strong guy. 
Would you agree to that? Depends what kind of strong we're talking about. You got you. You're strong. You're <laughs> physically a very of. You got bravado in you. I mean, you're a strong guy, and you can swim. I I would imagine. This is my strongest. Okay, and I want you to go put a ten pound weight around your waist. Now I know you can make it across the pool, but I want to ask you how many. How hard is it to make it across that pool day in and day out? Right. What are you going to do with that weight finally? Or are you going to you going to keep doing it? Probably make not. You, make you stronger. I mean, you're going to become stronger eventually. I'll you probably can carry not even it. notice it. <laughs> but but if I put then 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 as you get older and the rubber band gets tighter, the weight go, goes up on that. Yeah. yeah. That, now now you got twenty pounds. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to carry. Yeah. That's, that's the point here. So I want you to really, as your dad, I want you to consider all this thought. Yeah. Okay. Keep us posted. Everyone so far, keep us posted and everyone to come. But yeah, moving, moving along on this one. Okay. We, got, we have another one, I think, still in the hopper. Let's go read it up. Quattro. That's eight. Quattro. <laughs> Dear Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. As a first-time mom living in a foreign country, I've been struggling with my family's expectations regarding sharing photos of my newborn baby. My family is back in my home country, and we talk regularly. However, before the baby was born, my husband and I decided to draw a boundary around sharing photos due to previous negative experiences with family members sharing our private photos online without our permission. We've had a similar one, right? It wasn't this. I don't remember this at all. Was this in two outtakes? We've um, read a, we've, a very before. We, okay. we talked about a, this a lot on Down the Rabbit Hole. Got it. Okay. However, before the baby was born, my husband and I decided to draw a boundary around sharing photos due to previous negative experiences with family members sharing our private photos online without our permission. We are a private couple with no personal social media accounts and have never shared our per and have never shared our own personal photos online. However, we have shared photos privately with family members via WhatsApp over the years, which have ended up on their Facebook accounts despite our requests to not share them. We've shared fewer photos with our family over time as a result. We've decided not to share any photos of our baby privately or publicly online due to our duty to protect our child's privacy and security. We're uncomfortable with the possibility of photos being automatically saved to people's phones and uploaded to a cloud server without their knowledge, which can definitely happen. When I communicated this to my family group chat, they reacted negatively, calling me names and being insulting. They're demanding a photo of my baby, but I don't want to give in to their demands and hold firm on my boundary. Am I being unreasonable? I'd appreciate any advice you could give me on how to handle this situation. Thank you. Well, I have no problem taking this one right off the bat. But since I was such a person that allowed Morgan to speak first with her ideas on the last one, and you felt a little eclipsed, you're on. <laughs> uh, I want to add maybe the anything else. Okay. We told my family that they can video chat with us and the baby anytime, so it's not like they will never see the baby. We just don't want to send photos. My husband's side of the family have been completely understanding, not even questioning why we wouldn't send a photo and have been respectful. Mm. And really that's ideally how we would like the other side to respond, but I don't think they're going to get there. No. So You're in wrong. this, the easiest thing is it's your baby. It's pictures that involve your baby. So it's completely your call. No one, I mean- I understand family being like, I want to see the picture. Like even with our new house, like everyone in my family wants to see photos of it. And like, they're excited about it. Of course. Mm -hmm. Imagine how that intensifies with a new child, a new family member. So you can kind of see where they're coming from in wanting the picture, but take the, take the video chat, but even video chat, you're risking it because they can screenshot and all that. So you're, Video chat isn't the, it's come see them, like physically come here and leave your phone out of it and come see them. But otherwise they should try it. Like you just got to respect the boundary. So I'm, yeah. re I'm ready. This is my turn now. Now I'm going to take it back. You're, I let you, you're done, right? I'm not interrupting you. For now. Okay. So I have had a relationship with, you know, certain people 
that would say, it's no sweat off your ass. Send me the picture and da-da-da and shut up. And I am so with this mom. We have no idea with face recognition. We have no idea with retina recognition. Some of these parents may not have a clue or grandparents have a clue what's really going on with technology on how much we're exposing our, ourselves with pictures. It's, it's big. I mean, it's going to be huge. And we're going to have a lot of identity issues going on with people using the illicit or the corrupt uh, intention with this. Yeah. Because mankind, so sad, and we were in our first story, the you gave a guy enough rope and he and he literally stole from his sister. And I'm not saying everybody does that, but there is people that use the illicit side to to do things. The fact that the they said, guys, we can FaceTime and you can see them all you want. I think that's that is wonderful and sweet, but let me tell you, it's bold because there's a thing called screenshots. And all those screenshots can be taken. It we live in a compromising world today, and no one is digesting this. And especially people that might be from a different country that don't really recognize what is really going on in technology. Yeah. I'm a technology freak, and I see all this stuff that could be going on and, and the wrong way to use it. So I say to you, do not feel guilty. If, if you want to give them a high understanding and let them understand truly what's going on and show them examples of what's happening in the world, maybe they'll get it. They might respect that boundary. That's what I would do. It's really tough to get people that don't get the word boundaries to to deal with it because I know some people that don't like the word boundary. They don't get it. They, they, it's not even in the vocabulary. And when you bring it up to them, they think that you're just being an asshole. Yeah. It's well, not being an asshole. There's reality to it. But these people are also the type of people who would be like, we would never do that. But they did it. I know, but they, but they would be like, but they would be like, we would never do that with your baby. But we, you did it. That's not us. But, but you as, did it. I know, but as soon as you send them the articles and all the, the shit, they would be like, that's oh, not that's us. no, we're we just not. sharing an innocent picture. There, it, that would be them. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You know who these people are. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing Justin and I did a deep dive for this on our Down the Rabbit Hole show we used to have, talking about like the real terrible side of sharing your kids on social media. And we like dove into TikTok and this woman that was posting videos of her baby eating bananas, playing with tampons, things like that. Comments, all old men, your baby's so beautiful, shares and saves a lot more. So you know you have these people that are saving this video. And this is the reality. There are sick people out there. They're saving this video. I'm going to interrupt you a second. There a are, lot. There's a, there's, there is a lot of sick people. There's a lot. There. Look at what happens to kids, vulnerable little humans. And those videos are getting saved for very inappropriate things. And it's not just that. Like video, look at deep fakes. They could put your kid's face on another person's body yep. doing something else. AI right now is doing crazy things, some helpful, a lot terrifying in my eyes. There's so many things that could go wrong. And it's just also the fact like, is your kid going to want that on social media when they get to an age right. where they can choose that? No, probably not. I'm so glad my mom didn't have Facebook because there would for sure be bathtub pictures of me out there. My mom shares everything on Facebook. So no, I did do some research though as I was sitting here because I don't know where I heard this lately, but I'm pretty sure Grindr, which is a dating app for, I believe just gay men, but maybe other people can go on there too. If you share a picture on Grindr and you try to screenshot it, it screenshots with emojis covering everything. And so I was like, huh, okay, this family doesn't need to download Grindr, but like, is there an app that does the same thing? And based on a quick Google search, there are apps that do this. So there's a new photo sharing app called Yovo. It protects your pictures and messages from being reproduced by screenshots Similar to the likes of Snapchat and Slingshot, Yovo is a self-destructing photo sharing app with a few security options to prevent users from misusing your photos. There's also an app called Confide, which prevents screenshots with our patented ScreenShield technology. And it's available on iOS and Android. 
So there is stuff. There's stuff out there where like if you really got to a point where they're harassing you. Also, the fact they're calling you mean names and insulting you. Why would you reward their you bad behavior another, with a photo? What if you used another phone to take a picture of the phone screen? That's the other thing. You can so never truly prevent it. You can it. never truly prevent it. And like, are they smart enough to take a picture with like... If they're this crazy, maybe. Yeah, and that might be the reality. So bottom line is, it's your baby. Like you said, it's your baby. It's your choice. And I think you're making the right one. They've proven they can't be trusted. And they're manipulative. They're insulting you. They're being mean to you. Don't reward their bad behavior. Boundaries. You want to you see the baby? Book a ticket, bitches. Boundaries. I, I really have to say with people, and my generation is, you know, really guilty of this because I, I see it, and I'm sure maybe other generations are as well, but we got to really learn to respect the wishes of the per- people that we're with and not challenge them, why are you making that decision? Just accept the decision that they're making. They have their reasons for making that choice. We just have to listen to it. Yeah. So uh, you say you have one more. I have one more. We actually stopped recording. We were going to end this episode and I was going to put it in another theme. But looking at the themes that I have ready, I don't have one that it's appropriate for. And I just think this rock and a hard place theme is definitely where this one fits. So we have one last one for this episode. We have some trigger warnings, discussion of suicide and mental illness. And then there is an additional note from the writer that I want to read before we get into the story. Okay. So it goes, I know the term is, quote, died by suicide. But as someone who has also struggled with suicidal ideation and attempts, thankfully not in that place anymore, I use the phrasing I did in my write-in to remind myself that even though it's a hard place, it's still a choice and it would have life-altering effects on my family. I don't expect you to agree with the phrasing, but I hope you understand and respect where I'm coming from. Thank you. Okay. So as we read their write-in, they use language that still says committed suicide versus died by suicide. So I just want to like make that clear that that's a very intentional choice by our writer, mm-hmm. and I wanted to explain it to everyone before we really jumped into it. Okay. Okay. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I, 24 female, am struggling with how to ask my mom, 44 female, to let me read my biological father's suicide note. To make things easy, I'm going to refer to my bio dad by a name. Let's call him Mark. And my adoptive dad, just as dad. Anyways, when I was a year old, Mark committed suicide. He had struggled with depression for a long time and didn't ever get help or treatment. My mom and him were married for two years, and she didn't even know until after he died. I know this sounds weird, but she was in her early 20s, and stuff like that wasn't talked about as much then, so I don't blame her. Anyways, her high school sweetheart was going through divorce at the same time, and they reconnected while they were both dealing with their grief. They married a little over a year after Mark died, when I was two, and when I was five, dad adopted me. Dad had my two older siblings from his first marriage— and he has never treated me any different than his biological kids. He's the only dad I knew and remember having around, so of course I love him, just as any daughter loves her father. I've always known that I had a father who died. Mark's parents are a major part of my family's life, and one thing they asked of my mom was to always ensure I knew about Mark, which she wholeheartedly agreed to. When I was younger, I was told that he was sick and died because he didn't take his medicine. As I got older, though, I started asking questions, and my mom sat me down and told me the whole story when I was nine. Now, here lies the problem I'm facing. Since I've known about this suicide, I knew Mark left a note because my mom told me. Over the years, I've asked her if I could read it, but she's always said, quote, no, and given an explanation slash excuse. Quote, it's not very long. Quote, I don't think you'll get out of it what you think you will. Quote, I don't remember where I put it. Usually, I would ask for a little bit, then drop it after a day or two. Now, though, it feels a little more urgent. Mark died when he was 23, and now I'm 24. As weird as it sounds, when I was growing up and as a young adult, I would occasionally think about what he was doing at my age and where he was at emotionally. Now, there's no what was he doing at my age because he didn't make it to 24, 
And honestly, I kind of feel like if he was old enough to write that note, I'm old enough to read it. Mark was cremated and his ashes spread, so I don't have a gravesite or a little jar I can go to to honor him or talk to him. I do have pictures, a video of mom and Mark's wedding rehearsal, and my grandparents have some of his stuff, but that's it. I don't know and never will know how he smelled, what his hands felt like, what it was like to get a hug from him, how his morning voice was different than his full awake voice, or what it felt like to have him smile at me. All I have is the stuff and information people who knew him gave to me or show me. And as morbid as it may sound, I want to know what some of his last thoughts were. I want to see how this decision affected his handwriting and to actually see him say that he loves me since I'm never going to hear it. And I just don't feel like my mom's reasoning for not showing it to me makes sense. She's never shied away from my questions about Mark and always made sure I had pictures to know what he looked like. So it feels weird that she's keeping this from me. I'm not trying to replace my dad. I love him and he will always be the man who raised me, the one who is here, the one that I can fully love since I know him. I just feel like Mark's note is a part of my story too. And whether we like it or not, will always be a part of me. Is it selfish for me to want to read the note? How do I approach this subject with my mom and convince her to let me read it? Should I just drop it and let it remain a mystery until she's ready? If she ever is, any and all thoughts would be appreciated. I have asked her if she was waiting for a specific time to show me, and she said no. So that rules that out. Thank you for reading. You know, it's amazing. There's so many messages in that read. First of all, how much for granted we take the ones we love to understand there's a difference in a voice from the morning to the evening. I almost started crying when I was reading that. There, there is so much depth here. And the, the fact that you are now ready in your mind, that you really will understand it, I understand your mom might never be ready for it to be read. And that's a conversation that you can only have with her that, you know, this part of that note was written not only for her, it was written to you. And you may be, and, and I'm assuming that, but you, there was something that you said that made me believe that. So maybe she might've made a, made mention of that. And maybe you need to reaffirm with your mom. When, when Mark wrote the note, was there any part in that note that was referred to me? And if she says yes, then you'd say, Mom, for that one reason, part of Mark's wishes is that I would read it. And I want to honor Mark right now by doing that. And see how see where that goes. Now, again, I'm only assuming that something was in there. The other thing that came to my mind when when you started to go down this, you know, into this into this story is how feared I am just to hear the word suicide. I know I have a sister that used to talk of suicide quite a bit. She got help, she never went down that road, but it was a common um reference that she, or or thought that she had consistently in her life when she was young. She fought with a lot of different demons. But I will say that it, it's, a, it's a conversation nobody wants, but it is so apparent. There's so many friends that I have in my life today that it is, it is definitely out there. It is so real and we're so, but because it's a fear, we don't really know how to deal with it because we're all afraid of it. But, but our loved ones are definitely feeling this stuff. Well, and looking at Mark, like Mark was the statistic young males are more likely to commit suicide than females like it, it is very real and it's you know it speaks a lot to how we raise our boys how we don't provide them the structure to talk about their feelings or share their mental health struggles so morgan morgan the ones this that is a I good know, this the, is a good reminder and the ones that i know of are all males yeah i look at my little brother really struggles with depression and it, it's it's it, a scary reality I'm it, faced with every day. It's real. We we both are. Yeah. It's real. And they some people feel that when they if they get help, they're weak. It's mental weakness and I can deal with it rather than it's not weakness to try to get assistance. Yeah. And and that is also a perception that somehow people have picked up and I don't know where it comes from. 
and how to properly deal with it, but it's it's definitely real. Absolutely. So um, I I I got off track to even because I was so absorbed with that. But- I think this story. I mean, this is the I, the the epitome of rock in a hard place. It's it's a really tough so, situation to be in, but also I'm really appreciative of this writer for sharing because it might encourage people to talk and check in with their loved ones. And- I'm, I'm going to lose my thought. Okay, you go. Okay. So back to her, I think her biggest thing is, what do I do? How do I ask my mom? And I think I I, I go back to what I said. First, ascertain from your mom if, in fact, he wrote a directive, a wish. And part of that directive is to you. If that is the case, then you have a legal right to know what's, what's on that thing. And a moral, and a moral right of and a moral obligation of her to share it with you and let you deal with it. I know she's trying to protect you. And that might be a message that you go back to your mom and say, Mom, I know you're trying to protect me. I think you are. But, you know, Mark certainly wanted me to know this. And I I need to know this. What so, are your thoughts down there? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know of any other way to handle it. I'd even what if there is nothing directly? to her well i think oh sorry my brain goes down to the worst imaginable possibility first so i think that's the second thing where the very worst thing is this note talks about her in a negative light right i mean this man was struggling enough to take his life who knows where he put the blame so my thought when the mom is protecting her again and again and again and won't let her see this note my thought is it says something negative about her in there. The next worst case scenario is it doesn't mention her at all. Right. And then the third, it's like the 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 happier ending where it's like he does mention her and it's in a positive Which light. Which would but, be weird why to hide it for And that's my thought. It was why is she so adamantly trying to hide this note? And it it at this point does seem to be to protect you. And I think that's a sad hard reality that you might have to prepare yourself for and maybe talk to your mom about and say, hey, I know I might be blamed in there. I know it might not be what I want to see or what I want to hear, Yeah, but I need to see it from my own my own understanding of this. But then if you are, you know, because you've struggled with your own demons and your own suicidal ideation, if that's something that could then trigger you, you need to make sure you have an action plan set up. So if you do get this note and you do read this note and it pushes you in a dark way, you need to have an action plan ready so you have your therapist you can talk to, you have support around you because it might not be the goodbye note you are expecting to read. My other thought was maybe she lost the note and doesn't want to admit she lost it. If it really did happen, the note was lost. Then it's lost. It's gone. I know, but why not just say that versus, no, you're not ready. No, I don't want to share it. Yeah. But I feel like the police would maybe have a record of it. So. That would definitely be out there. It would definitely be in the records. If they keep records long enough. I know some precincts have rules with how long they'll keep them, things like that. But if you want to try that route first before approaching your mom and just going to the police department yourself and trying to ascertain it that way. I would go one more time to mom and say, mom, this, and then, then she can certainly go to her mom and say, you know, mom, you're leaving. The only other avenue I have is to go to the police department because it's public information. If I ask, and I really want to get it from you. I don't know if that would be public information, but as next of kin, you could have rights to something like that. Maybe. I think. Yeah. Very tough situation you're in, but I understand wanting to read this. I think. All of our minds would go there. Curiosity and just trying to understand someone better. A friend of mine in Minnesota uh, five months ago, six months ago, uh, my age, my generation, had two sons. And the father had contracted um, Lyme disease. Now, I don't know if it was Lyme, if there was other issues. I know he was in pain for a long time. And I, I have another friend whose, whose husband was in pain a long time with back issues. And both of them went down this to the same pattern and reality. And they were, they were in pain. They wrote notes. They certainly shared what was going on. But, you know, and they all had kids and they wrote a note. 
one of them, uh, the sons read the note, you know, and I, I, I think he put it online or something. I, I'm not even, mm. I might be confusing some stuff because I do do that. But um, I do know that, that the reality was the fathers ended their lives and there were notes and the kids were definitely shared, you know, shared with these notes and their, and the pain that they went through to try to explain it. So, yeah, we'll see. Tough position. Keep us posted. Keep us posted. And that is it. I'll patch the ending that we already recorded in. Um, but I just felt it was really important to get mm -hmm. that story out. And um, for those that might be affected by the language our writer used, I think it's just good to have some some empathy for each person's situation mm -hmm. and not not try to take that personally because language is always changing and I get the reason it's changed, but for this individual it it is a reminder for herself. Yeah. And words words certainly take different descriptions over the ages. We 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 can look at the Bible and we can say what was what was interpreted at that point in time and yeah. good luck. Yeah. Good so luck. here's the ending now. So I want to thank everyone for chiming into this week's episode. I, um, I'm abroad as you're hearing it. And so I look forward to coming back and uh, doing another show and, and being a part of our lives and most importantly, making us a part of yours. So we look forward to seeing you. Are we doing a Patreon next? We have lots of amazing Patreon content this month. And because we posted um, the episode that kind of lost its audio. We wanted to make sure people still got quality content. So if you're in the $10 tier, mm -hmm. you also get access to a two hot takes full bonus episode as well. So there's a lot of good, lot of good stuff over on the FKS Patreon. And again, thanks for subscribing and, and hearing us out and trying to help us out with that. And we will see you next week. I will be obviously here and so will you and uh now she moves she's down on the floor yeah she gave up on the couch maybe justin because he is so great we'll take some of these little outtakes i have of holly trying to make herself comfortable on the blanket we'll put them in the end before the outro they you'll were, see them they're very cute so <laughs> good night we love you and thanks for uh bringing us into into your lives bye bye, bye. bye.